What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Accidental Parents Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lucas. And I'm Amanda. And today we are sharing with you guys an episode that we actually recorded for my other podcast, The Pretty Naked Podcast, all about how to navigate different love languages. Some real shit right here, people. (laughs) It's a really, really great episode. So that's why we found it fitting to just go ahead and put it on this podcast for anybody who might have missed it. We talk about how we received and gave love in our childhood and how it bleeds into our relationship now. And for anybody who might be struggling to navigate their partner's love language, this gives a lot of good insight, a lot of good tips. So yeah. For sure. I think love language is something that is overlooked and not really appreciated as much. So what's my love language? You're <laughs> <laughs> we have two. Spot. You have two out of five. Uh, your love language is... Um, if you guys want to know my love language, just keep listening to this episode. And if you enjoy this podcast and like listening to The Accidental Parents, leave a rating and review for us and then comment on our Instagram page. Let us know what your love language is. Enjoy the episode and thank you for tuning in. Maybe someone is familiar with love languages, but not really 100% understanding of what they all are. And I don't even know if you are. Are you familiar with all the love languages? No, I honestly am not. But I feel like naturally love languages, love languages are almost taboo in a way. Like, I think people don't take them too seriously. So I'm glad we get to talk about this today. You know, That's a good point. I do think that they are taboo because I think we tend to be a very selfish society of like, oh, well, this is how I was raised in terms of how love should be. This is how I want to receive love and how I give love. So you're, therefore yours doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. I think it also takes a lot of uh, looking into yourself too, that people, some people don't, you know, have that ability or haven't done it much. And it takes some time to really ask yourself and kind of sit with yourself, you know, what is my love language? What even is love language? But if you don't know, you're about to find out. (laughs) And I think also that it's like the catalyst of making or breaking a relationship, really. It can be. No, 100%. If you don't know each other's love languages and you don't, and and here's the other key, you don't know how to navigate those. Absolutely. Then it can make or break a relationship. Yeah, I think it also comes down to, you know, you as an individual knowing what your love language is because... I think sometimes people go, you know, a lot of the times people go into relationships not even knowing their own love language. And that's how, you know, you can create some toxicity. Whereas if you have problems in your relationship that tie to your love language, but you don't really know what your love language even is because you haven't spent that time to figure it out. You don't necessarily know how to communicate that to your partner, which creates, you know, that barrier. And that's why, you know, love language in my opinion, is... Oh, I just got fish burps. Yummy. For my prenatal. This is, this is why Hopefully I Hopefully I don't get that that uh, wave of... You won't. It was subtle. Stench. I, I swallowed it. pretty it. close to you. I'm like... I swallowed it. But this is why I'm alternating my prenatal pill because of the fish burps. That's why I'm taking 10 prenatal. And if you want to get a discount, you can get 20% off of 10 prenatal bars, which is TPN20. Use that code. Sorry, slight plug. I just had to. Yeah, subtle, subtle plugs. <laughs> so, okay. Did you just get paid for that? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing. Love languages, if you're unfamiliar with them, let's just break down kind of what they are. What's that mean? Love languages are how you give your love and how you like to receive love. 
Yeah, I think the key right there is how you like to receive love. Right. That's but it's, but it's also how you give love, too. Absolutely, for sure. And knowing how you receive it and how your partner receives it will help you better give it. Yeah, I mean, amen to that. So let's just get into sort of what the five love languages are. There are five. And there are only five. There are five. That's wild to me. The first one is acts of service. So this is this is people who actions really speak louder than words. That is that love language, acts of service. The second one is receiving gifts. For some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. And this can also go for how you, you give your love too, but this is talking about receiving it. So when you receive, when people who are like receiving gifts are my love language, it's receiving a heartfelt gift makes them feel loved, makes them feel seen, makes them feel heard. And then the third one is quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. The fourth is words of affirmation. This love language uses words to affirm other people to make them feel loved. And then the last one is physical touch. So to this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. So again, the five acts of service, physical touch, baby, receiving gifts, <laughs> quality time, words of affirmation and physical touch. And I think most people have two that they really are drawn to that they really could say, this is really how I like to receive. Yeah, my love. I think two is pretty fair. So what's yours? Let's just get into what ours is. What's yours, Lucas? Yeah, we're just getting in the nitty gritty. Should I guess what yours is and then well, you guess what mine is? Well, I think I think when looking at those five, you really have to be honest with yourself. Even if it like sounds crazy. Well, and there's you know? no judgment either with your love languages. Like if someone's like, I really think my love language is receiving gifts, but I don't want to seem vain like, or you materialistic. you have to be honest. That's the most yeah. important thing because then if you're almost like... You can't be ashamed. You have to own your love language, essentially. Because it's know? a need. It's a need. And, you know, if, if you want to find that lover for the rest of your life, essentially, in my opinion, like, that love language needs to be set, that needs to be cemented in stone, and you need to own that shit, you because know? your need needs to be met. 100%. I mean, if you want to live a fucking happy life, your needs need to be met straight up, and that's knowing what your love language is and, and owning I think you know? we need that on a t-shirt. If you want to live a fucking happy life, you, <laughs> you need to know your love language <laughs> know, straight hashtag up. Hashtag know your love language. <laughs> straight you up. Because that helps your partner as well. That helps your, you tell your partner what your love language is. Right. It gives them the, the code to how to make you happy. Yeah. And that's, that's how you find true. And if you're not happy, you're going to find it elsewhere. Exactly. 100%. You know? So... Let's get into ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I guess yours and then you guess mine? Do like a little test to see we... if we know. I mean, Lucas and I have many conversations about our love languages because Yeah, are we gonna pretend that you don't know my No, love I languages? no, I'm just this is the, this is just another test, making sure we both still know each other's love languages. And I okay. actually want to be transparent and the reason I actually thought of doing this podcast episode with you was because Lucas's love language wasn't being met by me. Well, yeah, I think that comes and goes. In but I, I, I want to also be transparent here and say that it's a lot harder for me to give your love languages languages to you rather than you giving them to me. I well, think. especially because our love languages are completely opposite. They are. They're completely opposite. Which is which is also like the fun part about it. You know, yeah. you find someone that you really love and feel compatible with, and 
when you guys really sit down and try to understand each other's love languages, you could be like, wow, you know, our love languages are completely different. But then it's a give and take game of, you know, satisfying those. And that's what that's the, the beautiful adventure of love. But I think that's also a really good point that you February, just made. February, baby. I think <laughs> February, love month. Love month. I think it's also a really good point that you made, though, because if you recognize that your love languages are different, there's two types of people. A person that's willing to grow and, and, and challenge themselves and expand their own mind and their own ability to give that love or a person who's closed-minded who's saying, I don't want to, I don't want to give that love yeah, to you. Yeah, closed-minded, but I'd also say in the same breath, you know, you're your own human being and individual. If you're in a toxic relationship and you find that your love language don't coincide, you have every fucking right to find someone else that, you know, appreciates your love language. You know what I mean? But so. I think if you're in a, in like a healthy relationship, absolutely, and, you yeah. know, but I think, I think if you're in a healthy relationship, you're going to be, both partners are going to be open to working to find a compromise sure. and in a way to have those needs met. So Lucas, what are my love languages? My two mm. love languages. So list the five one more time for me. <laughs> just, 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 just fly through. Okay. Acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words oh, yeah, of yeah, affirmation, physical touch. Okay, yeah, your acts of touch. service. And Wait. Your, what? Okay, what am I? Your acts of service and quality time. acts of service and quality time i want to feel what it makes me feel loved lucas lucas this is all i hear i'll be i'll be on my lucas okay are we judging others love languages (laughs) no i love you this is me just pulling the chains baby so i the way that i feel loved and we'll kind of get into the whole science behind this because we've had many conversations very interesting this as well i love this shit so I feel really loved when Lucas or just a person in general does things for me, which is interesting because I also don't like to ask for help. But when it comes to the person who's like my closest, the person I love the most, when I want to feel loved, I like when people do things for me. And then I also like to be listened to with their eyes no phone no tv no anything i need to to be loved to feel love i need to have your undivided attention know that you're listening to everything that i'm saying you're absorbing it and you're in this this conversation with me like right now this quality time like feeds my soul i i i love this shit this makes me feel loved feeling like you want to spend time with me but not only spend time with me spend your undivided time with me those are my love languages. Yeah. I quality time the fuck out of you, don't I? <laughs> you do, but I will say there are moments where I have to say, Lucas, put your fucking phone down. Well, dude, I mean, I have to say the same thing to you. But that's not your love language, We're so all it doesn't human really beings matter. Here. It doesn't matter what I do. Well, yeah, sure. We're all human beings here. Should we get into yours? Yeah. I mean, if you want to guess mine, which you absolutely know, <laughs> you can go ahead and I can act surprised. So appreciative. Lucas's love languages are <laughs> words of affirmation and physical touch. Yeah, probably the two most selfish. Technically, I don't think they're selfish. Well, in a way, like if if you want to look at it from a, a million different angles, I think one of those angles, because because that's the other part where you know when you want to sit down with yourself and figure out your love language. Essentially, for me, I was like, man, physical touch and words of affirmation. It's like all I want is to be touched and 
to be told that, you know, I'm loved. And that's like, man, that's almost as a human being, that's hard to take a little bit, you know, but because uh, it's vulnerable in a way. But I'm proud of it. Yeah. Physical touch and words of affirmation. Have I ever told you how much I love and appreciate your vulnerability? Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> this is me exercising Thank how you. to give you love. I'm tingling. You got, you got me tingling over here. <laughs> Are you hard? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> no, but I think it's really, I think, I think when you, when it comes down to it, asking, getting real about your love language and then asking for your love language is selfish. But we should be selfish because these Absolutely. are about the self and how we can ha allow our partner to meet our needs. Because at the end of the day, we're individuals. Just because you get in a relationship doesn't mean that you stop being an individual. Doesn't mean that your needs stop needing to be met. Yeah, I think it just comes it comes down to a point where, you know, if you if you find someone and you and you're really like shit, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person, or think you do at least, or or like the thought of that life per se, you know to each his own the love language conversation and just being real with that it's it's impossible not to happen it has to it's happen. crucial it's so crucial. crucial and i think i think this is the interesting part about it is you can take it a step further and and really ask questions well why do you feel like your love languages are physical touch and words definitely of affirmation? and that's the best part of it all because the first step is you know asking yourself what your love languages are and then the second step is obviously figuring those out. But I think the most interesting and the coolest part about the whole process is understanding why those specific two out of the five are your love languages. And that's that's the beauty of it all, you know. And I think it could also help you as a as a active participant in the relationship. Think of the other person's love language as less selfish in a sense because i i do see what you mean about like oh physical touch and words of affirmation these are like the most selfish ones but that's because it like i think asks the most uh i don't know it technically I don't know does that, I, and it, i'm I not just think... and i don't mean to like i think the word selfish is pretty sensitive you know i'm no i don't think the word selfish is 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 sensitive i think I just it gets think, a bad rap i just think, I think it gets a bad rap yeah i'm almost putting myself like in the other shoes of someone else that might not understand like the physical touch and the words of affirmation, love language. No, but I think what I, I mean, was going to say, know, what I was going to say Someone might say, you. fuck love language. That, that doesn't mean shit, you know? And that's someone who th won't necessarily take the time to try to understand it. And there are people out there that are like that, you know? No, but what I was going to say to you is it, it could feel easy to judge somebody else's love language on, on face value. Like, ugh. Your love language is really physical touch and words of affirmation. Of course, you crave attention from other people. Like, of course, you need physical touch, and and that can seem, you know, um, needy or what or like. I'm just trying like, to bang twenty four seven. You know, no, but but What's I think but no, I think when you get when you get down to like understanding why those are your love languages, it makes it easier for you to accept those and want to actually please and, and meet those needs for that person. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, let's get into it. The, the biggest thing I feel like you need to understand about how a love language develops is, like, any, any behavior or habit or, um, you know, need really is, is formed, it's through your childhood. Yeah. And so... For, for someone like Lucas, 
it's it was we actually had a moment where we just like laughed our asses off because well we... i brought I, I was thinking about this i brought it up because i was just thinking about this topic by myself and i was like i was just wondering why our love languages were so fucking different you know um and then i thought about how we were raised obviously we're not psychologists and i don't think we can like make that a fact that it does have to do with your childhood. It does 100% people... have to do with your childhood. Okay, you can say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. But, I will claim that. <laughs> but I thought about how, you know, how I was raised and how you were raised and how there was a definite correlation between the love languages. You know, essentially me with words of affirmation and physical touch as a child you know, I didn't have much growing up as far as, you know, the glam or the glitz or making shit happen or, you know, the presents under the Christmas tree. But what I did have was extreme love. You know, my parents showed unbelievable physical love to myself and my two siblings. You know, my mother treated me with, you know, nothing. You know, I was, we were the European family that you know, my friends thought it was weird that I kissed my mom on the lips every time, you know, we saw each other or said goodbye. And that was just natural for me as a child. I was just completely immensely loved by my parents. And that was cemented in my brain. And I was like, holy shit, that's like the physical touch aspect of my love language. And my mom, you know, it's like I always knew I was loved as a child because my parents and my mother always made sure to let me know and, and keep that kind of ingrained. So that's definitely what affected. And then looking at you, you know, you were raised by like, well, here's the thing. Your mother is the type of, of woman who whenever I'm at your house, staying at your house, she'll come over and like kiss my face 12 million times. And I'm like visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I, I love her to death oh and, it, gosh, and I let her do that's it. And mom. it's, yeah. but like my natural reaction is to be visibly uncomfortable and it kills. because, it's the thing ever. because I'm not used to that. Yeah. My, my mom family... is literally, she's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Amanda's my daughter. She, yeah. She walks up to Amanda and just yeah. gives her like a million kisses on the face. And, and I just, love it. It's, it's just... intense. You know, my mom's a French woman. Wears her feelings on her sleeve, just like myself. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and that's how it is. But then your love language. But wait, before we get right. into mine, I wanna I wanna go back to because you explained physical touch. I wanna go back to where the words of affirmation really came to be because I don't think it really stemmed from your parents. No, I think the words of affirmation. So yeah, I think your parents gave it to you, but also no, didn't. No, 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 no. So my parents gave me the no, love we... and affection. And I think what I didn't get in my childhood was the words of affirmation because, you know, my, I mean, just the origins of, of my family, it's my father being South African and, you know, South African people are very proud people, very proud parents. And, you know, the words of affirmation and the, you know, typical, let's say American way of my son is number one, my son is the best. It's almost like the way my father even explained it was the exact opposite. You know, you don't talk your kids up. You don't boast be, about your kids. You don't boast about your kids. You you don't necessarily, you know, rave about your kids or even give your kids that rave and and like longing. Of, yeah, and not not, know, not really. necessarily that it that you don't. It just it wasn't a part of that culture. Yeah, no, necessarily wasn't a part of that culture. You know, I got the I love yous all the time, but not necessarily when I achieved something cool, the pr I'm proud of yous or the that was a good job wasn't necessarily in the mix for me too much. 
So as a child, I found myself asking for that affirmation a lot more than I had to. Like, it's funny, there's this interesting, like some of these stories growing up as a kid on the football field, like in middle school, you know, this is really personal. <laughs> um, but like serious instances where I was like a freak of nature in eighth grade per se, right? I'm an eighth grader that's six foot tall, 225 <laughs> pounds, you yeah. know, just, I was just a menace on the football field, you know, and traditionally just me watching these, you know, American dads, their son on the football field was everything, right? That was the big shebang. Wait, clarify, his his father is a first, gen he, Lucas is first generation American, so his dad moved to South Africa when he was in his 20s. Yeah, and you know, and my dad still. Or moved to America, excuse me. For sure, and you know, in, in, in their, you know, defense, football wasn't something they exactly. truly understood. So then you saw these American dads. Yeah, and I saw the, you know, these dads and how they treated their sons when they made these big plays and stuff like that. And I necessarily didn't really get that recognition from my, from my, from my own parents. And, you know, after the games, all the other dads would come up to me and just, and come up to even my dad and be like, your son is just, I mean, a fucking tank. And I would, you know, my dad would be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd look at my dad and say, you know, like I just scored like three touchdowns and had, 250 yards on the football field and you didn't even say you were proud of me at all and you know didn't it was like interesting to me so I think that kind of was something I longed for a lot more so the words of affirmation were were big and then I think it turned into seeking it from girls as well. absolutely for sure yeah I mean growing up because you were always attractive. I was, and so the way and I no, think No, I wasn't always attractive. No, but I'm no, not. but you were always a, Here's the thing. You were you were overweight as as a kid, but you were you always had a pretty face and you were always a, a charming personality. So you were always appealing to women. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just a fat kid. I was Yeah. A, but then you became attractive. And so I think also too maybe like when you didn't get the attention that way because you were quote unquote fat, like, oh, definitely. You I mean, seek yeah, if that we're going to dissect my entire life here, <laughs> for sure. I mean, love Tell language. Tell me about yeah. your fat stage. Yeah, pretty naked. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you guys know everything about this guy over here these days. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's why love language is so important because it really dissects, like, your entire life in a way. You well, know? and it helps you, like, humanize your partner in a sense of, like, okay, he doesn't just want sex and, and want me to tell him that. I think he's attractive all the time. It's, it really boils down to what he lacked in his childhood and growing up and, and what makes him feel loved. Yeah. And it also, it's, it's, you know, and it, it's not fun, you know, thinking about my childhood and saying, you know, wow, you know, I was this kid who was really attracted to girls, you know, girls was everything as a young boy in, in middle school. Are you kidding me? But the girls weren't necessarily attracted to me and that how that affected my mental health. And, you know, that was this weird, twisted, you know, reality that I'm willing to kind of look back and dissect and go through that and almost, you know, say that that's what caused it, essentially. Well, and it's important as a person, I think, to pinpoint why we have these behaviors and why we have these needs, like where they were that where they stemmed from, I think it's important not only for like me to know, but for you to know. Yeah, for sure. But I think on the flip side, like if we talk about my love languages, mine is quality time and acts of service. So for me, my mom 
did everything for me. The the greatest like stay at home mom on the face of the earth. Yeah. Number one mom ever. Yeah. Just she she was a stay at home mom while my dad traveled to play golf. And so she, I mean, she did everything for us. She, she made me breakfast. She cooked me dinner. She made my lunches. She, I mean, she would even go in my. (laughs) Amanda, (laughs) let's just say, let's just say Amanda, let's just say Amanda didn't raise a finger and mom had it all hooked up. No, I was, I was definitely born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I'm not afraid to, to admit that my mother, like I was born privileged and my mother also did everything for me. Like I'm, I'm very aware of that and that's also why i think my love language is acts of service because i i was taken care of in that in that form my whole life like i was gonna my my older brother he's like 25 now but i i was gonna say he's gonna hate me if he ever listens to this but like my mom every single morning in high school it might have been like freshman year or sophomore year Every single morning, she would go in his room and wake him up, and she would turn his shower on for him before he even got out of bed. Like, that's the type of mother my mom was. Like, OG, like, absolute chrome, diamond, (laughs) diamond level mothering. Like, you have no idea. Just the greatest mother. Yeah, very, very selfless in her actions. Kids didn't even have to think mom was on top of it, and that's a great life. That's that's amazing. You know, kudos to your mother. But that's... It also comes with its qualms. That forms your love language. It also comes with its qualms. Like, I, I really had... When I went to college, I kind of had, like, a cold shock and was like holy fuck i don't know how to do my own dishes i don't know how to do the laundry like i remember i, I admitted <laughs> that like one time and you're like why would you admit that and i was like because it's true and yeah, there's you a got lot it. of hey, first a, step is admitting huh? well and there's a lot of people who go through that i feel like um and so yeah that that formed my love language now when i'm sitting on the couch and i want water and lucas's Sitting right, next, <laughs> sitting right next. I almost said Lucas is up in the in the kitchen yeah, doing things. No, no, no. He, he's literally be, sitting I'll right be, next to me. <laughs> yeah, you'll be closer to the kitchen than I am, for sure. And you're like, Lucas, can you give me some water, please? Or yeah, like anything, it's just whether, how... whether that's water, whether that's chocolate. But hey, baby, I love you so much. I do fucking anything <laughs> for you. You know that. <laughs> no, and um, I do, but it's just But funny. it's great, but, it, but that's the funny part about, you know, really kind of sitting with your love language and dissecting yeah. it. It's like... And I think quality time... Yeah, what's quality time? Where, where, where do you get that from? I, I think... Do you think it was like your dad being away so much and like... It could have been. It could have been like... But I also think like I have always been a person that... that appreciates and needs deep conversation and connection. I've always been that person. And so I feel like, you know, with all of my friends, I was always very selective because I knew that I needed to have a relationship with a friend or a partner where I could have these these deep conversations that were meaningful. Yeah, that was you being yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I think when it comes to love, like I, I've just always needed that in a partner as well. But I also think the quality time and needing to be like heard and listened to without, you know, someone trying to fix my feeling or without someone picking up their phone or just like truly sitting with me and listening was the fact that like, I come from a very opinionated family. You have to literally yell your point to be heard. And so I think I've always just wanted to be... You just wanted someone to listen to, to, listen you to rather me. than combat whatever the fuck you're 100%. Saying. Or but fix also, me. on a funny point of your, uh, of your acts of service, just I'm thinking about the funny stories you used to tell me when even when you were a kid, 
you would like demand your friends to do shit <laughs> yeah. for you as well. Like, yeah. hey, go get me a Capri Sun, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like. Or my little cousin Palmer, he's like seventeen That's now, so funny. but when he was like six and I was probably I don't know twelve, thirteen. He, he would we would be sitting on the couch and I go Palmer, can you go get me a lollipop, please? Just please get me a lollipop. <laughs> I'll he time goes, you. He goes, I'll sure, time you. sure, Amanda, sure. And it's no, just Palmer's like, OG. Shout out Palmer. Shout yeah. Out Palmer. And I just I I I don't know. I my mom was always, what do you need? Let me do this. Sure, I'll do this for you. Like she was always very like yes, yes, yes. Let me get this. Let me get this. I'll do this a hundred percent. And so that's how I found like my love was was oh pe- people who do things for me make love, me feel yeah, love. Yeah, they love me. Sure. And then the quality time thing I think is very interesting. The quality time of like, uh, and when I say quality time, it's like, I, I think also too. Well, I, can I say something? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. In your family, it's, you know, very opinionated people that are, you know, everyone has their own beautiful personality and brings something else to the table, which is great. Um, but yeah, in your family, you know, I think a lot of your family members have almost the same sense of like the way they 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 look and think about things but then you growing up were always different you know your views were different and it is hard to prove a point that most of your family members disagree with right to your family members so i think you always had like a different way of viewing things that growing up you know your family members necessarily might not have agreed with and thought so they immediately you know might have shut it down or yeah, i challenged a lot you challenged you challenged a lot you know so i think you're longing for if someone were to just you know listen to my, to my point of view point, yeah yeah and accept it rather than you know telling me that it's not the right thing or whatever that's something right. we longed for yeah and i also think too that also ties into in a sense my my older brother and my dad were always very people who were like, just listen to what I'm telling you about this experience. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. I know. Trust me. I've been there. Right. I know this. I do I this. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like a famous family story that you're, that you didn't speak until you were four years old because your brother spoke for you. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of big brother he was. Yeah. He was always like, I know what you're going to get yourself into if you do this. So therefore you should not do this. Why were you, are you going to do this? Why are you doing it? And I was always the person that was like, I need to do this to know. Yeah. I hear and he what just, you're telling me. He always me. led with protection. Yeah. That, and that's why he spoke for you. He just always right. wanted to protect you. Right. But you were just so against the, and cause he, you know, essentially that's with the grain and mm-hmm. you were always so against the grain, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's also why I need, I, I, I need to be heard in that sense through like, I think that goes into the quality time. I need to be heard and I need my, my like, I felt like I always had to say, I need to experience shit on my own. I think I felt like I needed to fucking like shout that to the rooftops and I wasn't heard when and I no said one that. no really understood Right, that. so that, kinda that kind of like... ties into my like need for that in a partner. I need you to hear me out and understand why I'm doing something so that, you know, then that makes me feel like I'm loved. If, if you're... If you're understanding why I'm doing something fully mm-hmm. and you're listening to me. And I also, I just also think too, like, I I, I think it just really goes back to like the opinionated part of my family and the fact that I was always around adults who had opinions and I was always a kid and like looked at like my opinion didn't really matter. And I was always longing for someone to just look at me in the eyes and hear me. And so I think that's where the quality time comes into. Yeah. Like, I don't sure. want you to be on your phone. I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to 
ask me a million questions in, in between or talk it, it, or interrupt me. I want you to listen to me fully. Maybe that's why I have a fucking podcast because I, <laughs> no one interrupts me. No one talks, you know, over me. I get to, I get to feel like people Yeah, are sometimes you don't know when to shut the fuck. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I probably don't. And I don't have a filter, but like, that's how I feel my love with people who understand that and accept that about me. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. That I have should be your bio. Let's kind of get into how like we navigate these differences because I think, you know, we talked about what our love languages are, where it really stems from, why it's important to know your partner's love language. But also, Lucas and I mentioned in the beginning of this and also throughout this whole podcast that we have different love languages. You know, not only in the way that we receive the love, but how we we give the love. And I think, you know, for for us, it's been very I think Lucas has always been very good at like what what do you need? How do you need to feel loved? Because Lucas Lucas is just way more of a lover boy than like I am a lover girl. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. I'm I am not as like outwardly affectionate and I'm not as like I need love and I when I it just I don't lead with like you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I absolutely. lead with love, but like it's not as prevalent and as as it is with you. You here's here's what it is. I want to be pleased, you want to please others. Yeah, I mean that 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 comes with it, but I also want to be pleased. Yes, I'm just saying you you are very much the type of person that puts you other people's needs above yours. Well, I think that's being like an empath, honestly, yes, too. Yes. But I I want my needs to be met. That's my default. My default is that I want my needs to be met before others. I think about mine before others. That's my default. Your default is what, how, whose needs can I meet, you know? And so I think that's what I mean when it's like you you please my, me more than I sometimes please you, I think, because For it's sure. your default. For sure. And so I think we over, I mean... Over the years, we've definitely run into issues. And I think if you're in any relationship, you're going to run into issues. Well, of... Yeah, it's not always perfect. Mm-mm. You know, you're not always, you know, in in our sense, our love languages are completely opposite. And sometimes you're a human being and you, you're lazy and you don't want to, you know, please the other person all the time. Just because it does sometimes take some fucking effort, you know? And you're an individual. And I think when you get into these these long-term relationships of like, this is the person you want to be with for either your whole life or an extended amount of time. I think, you know, it can feel exhausting to, to sometimes please them when, and sometimes all you're longing for is to just be your own fucking person. Yeah. I think a good example for us is, you know, how busy you are. Mm -hmm. You're an entrepreneur, you're running a business, you're creating an empire, you know, and that takes a lot of fucking work. A lot of distraction, a lot of time on the screen, a lot of time in your office. And me, you know, my love language being words of affirmation, physical touch, I could go, you know, a couple days without getting that from you or without you putting that first in a way, in a sense. You just like, you know, being locked in and focused on your work, which I respect, but sometimes navigating love languages, it's like I have to remind you like, hey, look, you know. I get, I, I love what you do and I love your work and I support you, but right now I, I feel distant, mm-hmm. you know, and that's unfortunately just how my mind works and how my love works. And in order to navigate it, you have to be able to be okay with being vocal about mm-hmm. it. 
because if you're not vocal about it, your partner might not understand and might not put two and two together because they are so busy. So I, I think like, communicating, you know, that comes down to communication as well. And I, and I just want to be transparent too. Like right now I'm sitting here and being receptive to the fact that like, I don't always prioritize connecting with Lucas because we've had these conversations and I know that that's where I sometimes falter. However, I do want to like make, make it known that like you're a human being and like, it's okay to maybe not like, okay, but like, it's natural to get defensive when someone's saying that to you. I think it's definitely like when Lucas first brings that up to me, probably every single time I'm like, what the fuck Lucas? Like, why are, why are you doing that? Like, I'm not like receptive like this. I, my first, my first, yeah, that's like, why navig- and na- I mean, the love language thing I think is crucial, but it's yeah. also, it's never, you know, perfect. Because... Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I want, I want you guys to know that it's such, it's such a natural human thing to just be defensive and like get mad at the other person for, you know, being vocal about their, about what they need. And that might come off offensive or like, like an attack on you. And I just want you to know, like, it's okay to be defensive. However, it's so important to come to a point where you're actually, like, you know, take, maybe you take a moment to, to be by yourselves, but then you actually, like, come back and say... Well, how did you get... What was your moment? I mean, at first, me... I had, say, to put, I had to put aside my stubbornness. 100%. And, ha- and walk and us I through had that to, process. And I had to... Well, I think it's... I think for, for Lucas, like, like I said, I'm not really that that... Like, I don't need affection as much as Lucas does. And so for me, it's not on my, um, on like the top of my mind all the time. However, it's something that I actively need to be thinking about and working, working on because it's how you, you know, feel loved and, and how it's really what makes our relationship go around too. Right. And so I think I was, I think sometimes I get into the rhythm of like work, 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 mom, mom, mom. And I feel like you should be seeing how stressed and busy I am and then therefore be like, okay, that makes sense that she's not giving me this instead of being vocal about it. And so I think that's why, where sometimes I get really angry and defensive because I'm like, do you not see how fucking stressed, <laughs> busy, uh, all, everything else that I'm doing, all of these things I need to do and you're ask, you're, you're telling me you're distant because I haven't fucked you in three days. Like, <laughs> just to be well, I mean, like, I'm not in fucking, I'm not in la la land over here. No, yeah. You know, just like. No, but I'm just saying that's where my mind goes immediately. However, I it's important that. for me to take a step back and say, okay, I, I understand that like I am busy and I'm doing all these things, but he's also a human being that exists in this house. And whether he sees it or not, he's still feeling this. And what's going to create a, a crack in our relationship is me just saying, well, fuck your feelings. You should, you should see everything that I'm going through. And like, you shouldn't even feel like you should say that because look what I'm going through. That's not... A way Which to have still a might be said, you know, in the process. Yeah, of in the understa- process, one hundred percent of understanding. I'm sure you know. I said that, but but when it comes down to it, you're help in me, a... please get me out of here. <laughs> no. Anyone listening? Lucas, <laughs> just kidding. I think Lucas. People are gonna think that we don't. Okay, I think I think when it when it comes down to though is like you're individuals, but you're also a partnership. And what makes a partnership work is feeling heard on both ends. And so if I'm not receptive to your feelings, whether it's 
in the exact moment that you that you give them to me or an hour later or a week later, it's just not going to work. You're going to get into a situation where one person is constantly feel feeling like they're not heard, For they're sure. not seen, and they're not their needs aren't met, and then that's when a relationship crumbles. Yeah. And well, so I, for the other side, once that moment, you know, maybe it might take a couple of days, a week, whatever. But once that moment actually happens where, you know, I do feel understood, mm-hmm. you know, and I do feel like you thought about it and you're willing to reciprocate, it makes up for it all. It's like, okay, fine. You know, and that's a new chapter and then you can move on from there. And I think, I think when we talk about navigating love languages, I've, I've really started to like, Knowing that Lucas's love language is physical touch and like really keeping that in the forefront of my mind, whenever he does like try to be intimate with me, even in the moments where I don't want to, and there are some times where I'm still like, no, it's just not going to happen right now. Oh, definitely. But in, if there's a moment where like I don't initially want to, I let myself sort of like sink into it for a minute and say, and like feel and be like, okay, do I really not want to or can I get into this? And then... If I can, I get into it and I and I do it. And then there's, you know, I, I, I feel like I've said this before, but like sometimes when there's a lack of intim- intimacy and a lack of like drive on one person's part, it's not really about the lack of drive. It's just that like you don't give yourself enough time to really get into it and like make it sound like a good idea. And then when you get into it and you, and you have sex or you are intimate, like you always, you, you never regret it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think... I think it's just about kind of leaning into that and like being more open to the idea. If it's something like our, for our example, like you are very physical touch and I'm, that's not the way that I operate. I, you know, I do to an extent, but that's just not what I need. And so I think I've tried to navigate that in a sense of like keeping in mind that that's the way that you feel loved. And so if there's moments where I, I don't feel like I want to, but I let myself get into it, like I'm going to. And then also, of course, if there's moments where I'm just like, I'm feeling so fucking pregnant right now. It's not happening. Well, of course. I, I mean, our communication is very transparent. Yeah. You know, it's not. But I think, I think you, you really have to like be open to, uh, this is going to sound like maybe not, not um, like what some people want to hear, but like sometimes like for me, like you just kind of have to have sex when you don't want to and then you realize you want to you know what i mean yeah, that's an interesting point like sometimes i just feel like i need to get into it and then once i get into it i want to right you know what i mean yeah but i think if you don't let yourself really get into it it's just gonna become a situation where like you never want to have it and then you don't ever have it and then you fucking get get uh you break up or you get divorced because it's just not a thing anymore you know mm-hmm. and i think intimacy whether it's your love language or not is something that is such a glue in a relationship and I truly think it's one of those things that like if you're not getting it in your relationship you're going to eventually want to seek it out you know absolutely so I think you know that was sort of like a long-winded like kind of roundabout answer but I think it's important to to prioritize I think it comes down to like prioritizing the other person's love languages a bit more do you always want to get off the couch and get me water no no but definitely, you do yeah. it but you do it because yeah, i'm in the same breath you know what I mean? yeah that's a great point point. and i'm not saying that I, was like... try, I was trying to figure out a way to support your your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your point on sometimes you just have to have sex no, when you don't want it, to i'm, I'm, I'm using like that hmm, as an how ex- am i gonna no, support and I'm not, that and i'm not but saying no, this is wait hold on bre- hold on i have to say no, this let me finish my no this is something i have to say no i'm not telling you guys to have sex when you don't want to have sex no, you, you, there's no. Gotta, it's got to be consensual. You're essentially saying that I think sometimes 
you let yourself get so distracted and you let yourself get almost overworked that sometimes you need your lover to come in and you need yes, to like 100%. just almost like succumb to it. And, and then you're like, it, and then yes. you're like, you know what? Then you're almost reminded like, maybe you know this. This I'm a human being yes. and this is my partner. And if and you're someone, I guess lo- what I'm saying and, is, and then afterwards you're never like I didn't. You're always right. like. Wow, I did maybe need I, that. I, yeah. did, I did need that, or yeah. that was very enjoyable. You yeah, know what so I mean? I'm saying, like, if you're somebody who is like me, then maybe that could be something for you to just think, like, okay, no, let me just come to this. For sure. But, but then in the same breath, there's many times where, like, you know, I'll come on to you and, and you'll just say, not right now, straight yeah. up, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, and I think there's there's room for both, but I do think it's important to, like, in terms of navigating, just kind of keep it in the forefront of your mind. Like, for me now, honestly, because we had, like, a, a moment a couple of weeks or maybe last month where, like, it was really just not being communicated on both ends. And it just piled up and piled up until we exploded. And you were, you know, we were just, like, right. Which arguing. And, and you were, like, what natural. the fuck? I'm going to leave <laughs> bail. And Relax. then... <laughs> <laughs> and then, honestly, I had to just literally... Put my stubbornness aside. <laughs> Some, and, I mean, we're both human and then beings. We had sex. And, <laughs> relax. <laughs> I think I think that was just us being surrounded by a lot of people for a long time. There was really not a lot of moments no, yeah, of intimacy saying, between like, us, and I'm just saying, I just I was just longing for some sort of. You don't of, have to justify it, babe. I'm just saying, like it, <laughs> it that that happens in relationships. If but you yeah, but sometimes yeah, but also to your point earlier, you know, when I'm just literally relaxing just found the most comfortable spot on the couch and you're like Lucas can you get me like the <laughs> most random the thing ever do I not want to do it 100% I don't want to do it but do I have that you know second to think and say will Amanda really appreciate if I do this of course she will. So I'm that's gonna, what it is. I'm gonna get off my fucking ass and I'm just gonna do it. That's what it is. It's not like a well, I'm just going to have sex because he wants to have sex even though I don't want to. It's a moment of like, could I have sex right now? Probably. Would Lucas really appreciate this connection? Yes. And then that's when I'm right. like, you know. And if I, you know, go to the store at 9.15 at night when yeah. I just got out of the shower and put, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever on, when I come back home, Will it make you happier and will it make our relationship better that night? Yeah, of course it will because you'll be appreciative and, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think what I wanted to say about, like, navigating... And give me some head or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think, wait, that'd probably be, like, a perfect night (laughs) for both of us. Yeah. I think what I was, what I wanted to kind of get at with the navigating different love languages thing is... It's almost think the way that I think about it now. It's like you almost think about it in a preventative care way. You know, like you you eat well and you move your body and you do acupuncture and you do all these things to prevent disease, right? Well, how do you prevent a relationship from crumbling? Is you always keep the the needs that that need to be met on the forefront of your brain. So For sure. if, what I was gonna say is like you know instead of letting things go unspoken and letting my needs boil up and not be met for so long and then explode into an argument, you look at it as preventative care. So like now, whenever I get done with work, I, 
I immediately think like, okay, how can I, Hannah, how can I like please Lucas? How can, how can I meet his need right now of a physical touch or words of affirmation? So I'll give him a hug or like, I'll go give him a kiss. Like, yeah. And even, sex, and know? even, yeah. And even the small hugs and yeah. the small, ki- I mean, it goes as far as, you know, Amanda randomly walking up to me, like when I'm cooking in the kitchen, putting her hand on my hand, yeah, giving me a hug or looking at me saying, I love you. And yeah. that right there is like. That, you know, could, right. that means more to me, some, you know, than just having sex with you. So it's not, you know, words of affirmation and physical touch isn't always just about sex. No. Uh-uh. You know, um, it's about the little things of just, you know, reminding that other person. Yeah. I, and I do think the reason we went to sex immediately first is because that's always what it's about. Well, I think Whereas, the big blowouts are what. No, no, no. Not for us. I'm just saying for every relationship. I'm saying. It's always so much like harped on sex. Whereas like you were saying, people also need to realize that you can get those needs met right? elsewhere. And if, yeah. And I think it's a, I think that could be a good, um, experiment, yeah. right? If someone's having a lot of trouble with their, with their, um, spouse, like wanting sex all the time, right? Maybe think about like, what are you doing throughout the day? Is the, is the only kind of physical touch you're giving your spouse sex, Right. right? Try giving them a random hug. Try giving them, you know, if they're doing dishes or something, just like walk behind them, give them a hug, you know, and maybe that night they won't ask to have sex. Right. Because they got that feeling of love physically through other things, through, you know, if you randomly held their hand. Like that small shit is almost like some of the best shit. I think our society very much harps on like sex being like the forefront of a relationship, whereas like... There are so many different aspects of intimacy and physical touch. And so I think it's important to, to like Lucas said, like see what works in your relationship. And if you can get those needs met through kissing and hugging and holding hands and um, cuddling on the couch, like things like that, like it really can go a long right. way. Yeah. And I think also having two, you know, is beneficial as well, because yeah. what if you're in a predicament? Where you might not be able to meet that for that one of them, but you can meet the other, right? So like an example for you and I, you know, we're staying in a, in a house for Christmas with a bunch of, you know, family members and obviously, and, and our child, and I wanted to also talk about, you know, navigating this oh, yeah. with children. I mean, being parents to children, yeah. which is a whole nother distraction, you know, mm-hmm. away from your relationship, but mm-hmm. that, that could be a whole nother fucking podcast. We could briefly touch on it. Um... But essentially, you know, with words of affirmation, yeah, you know, that's not the best place to have sex or even ask for sex, you know, because it's not cool to, especially for someone like your partner, not being comfortable. And it's not a comfortable situation, you know, traditionally. When you're sleeping in the same room as your kid and (laughs) your 14 and 20 year old cousin in the next room. (laughs) But in a sense, like, let's say, you know, your spouse needs something right something some sort of you can use that other you know right yeah love language in in our case compliment in our case you know words of affirmation where you can say something to me that'll rock my world just as much as you know getting having sex that night per se right whether that's you know you know take that however you want it but yeah that's I i feel like another good example that i it is. It is. I, I think before we talk about maybe just like ending tips on like how 
what you think is the most fruitful way to navigate love language, different love languages in a relationship or just any kind of tip on the, on the word of, of kids. And you're right, this could be like a whole different podcast, but I just wanted to say as parents, this is the way that we view it is we are models for our kids. We're not necessarily a martyr. We're, we're their model. We're not really there to do everything for them constantly. That's not how we want to parent. We want to be an example for them. And so I think, you know, it's important when you have kids, even though it can be hard to prioritize time and meeting each other's needs, it is so fucking crucial because they're watching, they're watching and they're learning from you. And so you know, it's important for them to hear. Yeah, they're you know, watching, they're learning, and yeah. guess what? One day they're also leaving. Yeah, and, you know, and they're gonna take what they've learned with them. And then you're gonna be by yourself again with right. your spouse, and throughout those years of, you know, hard childcare, and not you know meeting those love languages throughout those years, and what almost, are you left with? And almost yeah. using the kids as an excuse. Yeah. You know, you're left with like a, you know. You either make it or break it. You are empty nested at that point. Absolutely. But if you constantly work on your relationship and almost keep the relationship, you know, first priority in a sense and, and meeting each other's needs and keep, keep working on that. When the kids leave, you're not empty nested because you have each other. 100%. That's when you guys go, when we, you know, go fuck off and travel the world. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And live our best life. Well, I think we should end on that. Any like last tip that you would leave the audience Maybe it's a it's a girl wanting to communicate to a guy. Maybe you can give like the guy perspective or speak to the guy perspective um, on just this whole topic in general. Just something that would be fruitful. Yeah. I asked you a question. Wait, no, I didn't even. <laughs> I was not paying attention at, at all. Lucas's Instagram bio is gonna be yeah. <laughs> I was actually looking at the bottom of your shoes. I knew you were. Fucking not listening <laughs> to me. Distracted. This is our my love language coming out. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Could you leave the audience? This is a question. Are you Smile listening? Smile and to wave, me? boys. Can you can you listen to me? I'm listening. This is a question. Could you leave the audience with maybe it's a girl listening who wants to communicate these sort of things to the guy that she's with. Can you give the guy a perspective of and maybe just like a tip that's really fruitful that you could leave the audience with with this topic? I don't know. I think guys are naturally incredibly insecure. So I think if you are going to start this conversation with them and let's say they're not meeting your love language and you tell them that, I think they're probably going to get defensive, you know, so just, you know, be patient. And, you know, if you really know that that person is a good person and you're kind of set on this person being you know, the one you at least want to be with, you know, it, it, you know, time will work out. And step one is figuring out your own love language and then, you know, communicating that to your spouse and seeing what happens. But I think patience and, you know, communication will, will, will lead the way as far as where that relationship goes. Exactly. And if, if they're not being receptive over time, then you know that it's not a relationship for you. I think my tip that I would leave the listeners with is it's it's not easy to be in a relationship and it's not easy to have different love languages and 
always meet them and you're not always going to. It's not about being perfect. It's just about having this in your mind and in, yeah. in your partner's mind, making sure you're both on the same page of like, hey, this is important in our relationship and I want us to talk about this so that we can know and better understand each other and better communicate and have a better relationship and just keep that in the forefront of our minds. Yeah. Or, and it could also be a heartbreaking experience, Yeah, you know, figuring out that, damn, you know, this other person doesn't want to accept my love languages and it's time to move on. And that's, that's low and that's hard, but that's one step closer to finding that person you know, that accepts and loves your love languages and that's a happy life. It's also one step closer to finding like your truest self too. Not even with a relationship, just, you know, anything that, that proves itself to you to not be for you and not serve you is one step closer to the life you're actually supposed to live. We're going to end on that one. I or think we do should. I, do I need to like I think put we another should. Fucking... No, I think that's good. Oh.